Welcome back to the HMA Interview Podcast. We're excited to have two-time NCAA qualifier and the new assistant coach at the University of Chattanooga, Hunter Gamble, join us for the 55th interview. Before we roll the episode, let me fill you in on the latest at HMA Wrestling. First and foremost, we have just published our first ever merchandise order, and it is live on our site at hmawrestling.com slash shop. That's hmawrestling.com slash shop. Purchasing our compound sports bar gear is the best way to support HMA to keep on producing content. All right, enough for me. Let's turn it over to Hunter Gamble. All right, welcome back to the HMA Interview Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Hunter Gamble today. Hunter, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sam. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. It's a cold day today, but it is every day in Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, but still, still trying to get used to that. But uh, no, I'm doing all right. Nice. I like your flag back there, your barstool flag. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that one's a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's get started. I know you got a lot of stuff going on in your life right now, wrestling-wise, um, but let's go back to the beginning, um, how your wrestling career started. Um, where was it? Tell me about your first practice and why you want to get into wrestling. Yeah, so um, I, I started wrestling when I was really young, probably four or five. Um, and didn't really, I honestly didn't enjoy it very much. I, I mean, I was, I was a kid, so it's kind of hard. I mean, you don't really know what emotions are going on, but um, didn't, didn't like enjoy waiting around at tournaments. I can remember my parents telling me I didn't really enjoy just kind of the long breaks and stuff in between uh, right. uh, tournaments and matches and stuff like that. So um, I kind of stopped wrestling at a really young, I, I think I wrestled for like a year. Um, and then um, when I was when I was 11, I I picked it back up. I I, I, was, I think I was in sixth grade. Um, and mm -hmm. so I'm I'm from I'm from McDonough, Georgia, just right, right out of Atlanta, um, which is home of of Compound Wrestling, you know, with Cliff Fretwell and Lee Roper. So um, they kind of came into the picture a little bit later. Um, I, in sixth grade, my coach was uh was L.A. Ruffin, who's Justin Ruffin's dad, who he wrestles at uh, SIUE. Um, He's, uh, I mean, he's, he's pretty good, four-time state champ. Um, and then he, um, he was my, he was my coach for, I guess my first, my first year wrestling back up, which was in sixth grade. Um, and then coach Fretwell, uh, kind of came into my life around seventh, eighth grade time period. Um, mm -hmm. so started doing practices with them and we, uh, we, we had, we had, uh, or, and, an organization called GMWA, which was uh, a, a thing yeah. that Cliff started, um, which was kind of like a separate organization from Team Georgia that he did. Um, I think it's called the Georgia National Wrestling Alliance. So he started that. <clears throat> and then soon after that, <clears throat> him and Lee, Lee was coaching at, uh, at Jefferson, uh, which right. is pretty good high school out, out, right. out in Georgia. Um, so he was coaching there for a while. And then I think around ninth or 10th grade is when the compound actually started where at least when I was in ninth or 10th grade, and I was one of the first guys to kind of come through the program and come through the club. So, um, this was, I think I was, I remember I was in ninth grade or 10th grade and I think it was, it was probably the summer before my sophomore year, I think what it was. So, um, that, that sophomore year, um, actually had some pretty good results. I started getting a lot better. That's when I really started training and wrestling. You know, I, I practiced and did sort of the things in middle school, but was kind of a late bloomer as far as getting into the sport. Um, so really 10th grade, 
um, is when I started training full time and training, you know, year round wrestling a lot and um, got a lot better. Um, ended up going to Gardner Webb University. Um, mm-hmm. So my freshman year was a uh, that was that was 2013. So I was the school's first Southern Conference champ. So I, I competed my true freshman year, and then um, I uh, qualified for the national tournament. Um, went one and two at the national tournament. So, um, I beat, uh, beat a kid from Lehigh, um, Nate Brown in the first round, um, mm-hmm. who's, who was, you know, really good and lost to Nick Heflin and Dan Yates. So right. I was really young and these guys were <clears throat> a lot older. Um, but it was a great experience, you know, being in the national tournament my freshman year and kind of going through some of those things. So, um, after my career, so my career at Gardner Webb kind of ended, um, after five years, I was a two-time qualifier, um, you know, won, won a couple matches my senior year, had some injuries in there that kind of took me out from making it my, my sophomore year. Um, but um, after after Gardner-Webb, <clears throat> Coach Esslinger, who was the head coach at, at uh, UTC, he um, – we, we had kind of been in contact. You know, we wrestled UTC all the time. So, um, it was it was kind of – you know, we, we, we had just kind of developed a relationship and they had Bryce Carr, who was a 184 pounder and Scotty yeah. Lincoln, who was a 97 pounder. Um, it was right around kind of the weight, the weight range that I was in. So, um, they, those guys both had one, one last year. So he brought me in. I was, I was, you know, I would help them <clears throat> as far as coaching, but a lot of it was just wrestling. I mean, we scrapped all the time for that last year. It was a lot of training, um, and, you know, I, I helped make those guys a lot better. And they honestly helped me make, you know, make me better as a coach. And um, so I, I got my master's at UTC. So those two years was, uh, you know, some schooling and then some other things. And then uh, stepped away from UTC after, uh, after two years there. And then just decided, man, this is just what I want to do um, for, for as long as I can do it. Um, I, love, I love wrestling and coaching wrestling and, um, I, you know, developed so many relationships with guys on the team that are still here. And, um, it, you know, Coach Rochelle, when he, you know, he called me with the opportunity to come back and I, uh, I just thought it was the best thing for me. So, um, yeah, it's a long, I guess, kind of a longer story than you, than you initially wanted, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been great. This journey's awesome. And I'm, I'm excited for the future of, you know, not only UTC, but just me developing as a coach in the sport. Absolutely. And I know, um, I've gotten to know some of the coaching staff at, at UTC, uh, Coach yeah. Hatcher. I've I've gotten to know pretty well, yeah. and um and then obviously Rochelle's awesome, um and Esslinger, man, that guy <laughs> is like he starts talking, everybody starts listening. Oh He's yeah, he's got so much wisdom. Um, yeah, I, I, I w- that, that was you know that was a big part of me. I think you know, um, coming to chat. He he was a large part of me coming to Chattanooga. You know he, the way that you know. I, he was able to get me to understand, Hey, I can get my masters. I can, I can develop as a coach. Um, and really help me to, um, kind of make that decision was, mm-hmm. uh, it was big for me. You know, I, I, uh, I wasn't sure what I, what I wanted to do right after school. So he was a big, um, impact on me on getting me to come to UTC, which, you know, has been a, a huge blessing for me. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I love Coach Esslinger, and he's he's coached a couple of my workouts, and, and he's actually coached me at, a, at an event one time, but um, he is fantastic, and he actually reminds me a lot of Coach Roper. 
Um, yeah. Th- those yeah. guys seem pretty close in what they say a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I'd like they'll to get on. They'll get on Twitter and you know go back and forth with each other. It's pretty. I fun. love seeing that. Whenever they start talking to each other, I've got like tweet notifications on for whenever they start tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's uh it's it's some good stuff when they get on there. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys those guys are awesome. Um but I'd like to backtrack back to to your time with with Compound and GNWA. Yeah. Um I've had coach Roper and Cliff on here a couple times and uh and you know, after getting to know those guys, they are fantastic people, fantastic wrestlers, fantastic coaches and yeah. um also they're doing a lot for the sport in every area you can think of. Yeah. Um, so what was it like when you first kind of transferred over there and you got into a couple practices with them? What was your initial, um, I guess, what did you think about them when you first when you first met them? So Coach Fretwell came into my life a lot earlier. Um, I, I remember in like seventh grade, he was – man, we were running like middle school practices out of some like rinky-dink gym in, in, in Henry County. And it was like, we would roll out the mats every day and like roll them back up. It was, I mean, it was, we were hustling to try to get those practices in, you know, we didn't have all the great facilities that there are now or that, that, that they have now and the weights right. and stuff like that. Um, so it was, uh, you know, it was definitely humbling, but um, man, coach Fretwell just had that energy that, um, that I think, is what makes him so attractive as a coach, man. He's able to, the way he's able to uh, energize a room and um, really, I, he, he could he could motivate you in in unique ways that I think uh, I hadn't ever really seen in a coach prior mm-hmm. to that. Um, not, I mean, not to mention the knowledge that he has of the sport and how he stays uh, up to date with. You know, I mean, the guy, the guy watches technique and, and, and does, does a lot of work as far as trying to learn as a coach, which I think is huge. And um, he, you know, he stays up to date with the trends that are going on in the sport, um, mm-hmm. what's scoring at the highest level, which I think is awesome. But really is just the energy, the, the energy that he brought is what attracted me to him so much as a coach. Um, and just the reason I kind of stayed around him and, and then ended up, you know, getting to know Roper um, and the difference in th- that they have and the way that they are. I and mean, it's, they're completely different people. Although, they really are. Although they, you know, what, what the things that they're good at and the way they attract people are, um, are completely different, but they, they're both mesmerizing in the way that they coach and, and uh, very, very unique in the way that they coach. I know coach Roper, on the other hand, he was more, he's a lot more soft-spoken, um, but like you said, the, when he speaks, it's almost like this, you're, you're about, you know, he's about to break news or he's about to break some, break ground on something you've never really thought about before. Right. Um, which I think is what makes Roper so interesting um, as a coach. And I think um, he's the same way, whereas he, he's continually learning and he's continually thinking about things a little bit differently. It's just their, their energy levels are a bit different. So I think that's why, um, that was what was kind of the contrast between them two is their, their energy levels were a lot different. So um, Mm -hmm. not that, not that Lee is low energy by any (laughs) means. Um, He, you know, when he's in the room, it's a lot different. It's just the way that they interact with people. Right. um, Is, is quite different. And the way that they attract people to the sport is quite different. And so, um, man, I'm, I'll, I'll always be uh, indebted to those guys 
you know, helping me grow in the sport and helping me love the sport and getting to me to the point where I am now and kind of, you know, we were all kind of learning at that point in time. You know, I think Lee and Cliff were both getting better as coaches. Um, you know, when Compound started, they, they both were good coaches, but probably not polished to the point where they are um, now in their career. Right. Um, and they had some development things and they'll tell you the same thing. Right. So they, I mean, they, they had some things development wise that they could get better at. And us as athletes, we were all kind of learning together, which I think was what made the, ex the experience so cool is that we were all kind of, you know, we're all kind of learning through this together. Um, did you go away there for, I think I lost you. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. We're good. Um, but we were all kind of learning, you know, together, which I think was the coolest aspect that, um, now we can kind of look back and see like, wow, we didn't really know what we were doing both as athletes and coaches. And also just kind of the point of where we are now is, um, you know, me kind of stepping into that, that full-time coaching role and, um, you know, coach Roper and I may, you know, compete as coaches someday. So I think, you know, that, that, that aspect is pretty cool as well. Right. And those guys have, um, you know, the way they teach and I love coaches that do this. Um, and it seems like really when you see coaches do this, it means they're doing it for the right reason is when they start to have their kids that were athletes, now they're coaching yeah. and they're really successful coaches. Um, yeah. And normally that means like they, they took something from you outside of just being an athlete. They took something from you of having an impact on other kids' lives. And, and, and so when I see a coach that has like a big tree of, of athletes that turn into coaches, um, that really interests me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you look at like, you look at John Smith, right? Or you look at right. Dan Gable um, and the tree of coaches that they have, right? We understand Dan Gable and John Smith are two of the best to ever do it. Mm -hmm. um, and someday, someday down the road, we may see the same thing happen with Kale, right? We understand that those are probably three of the best coaches in American history, um, at least at the collegiate level. So, you know, I think, I think that, we see that we see the the high level coaches that John Smith has created and that Dan Gable has created. And, and um, that's, that's how we, we think about them as great coaches because of their successes, but also like that's another aspect seeing that they were able to have impact on other coaches and develop those coaches into being head coaches and, and, and so on and so forth. And I, I totally agree. Right. I think that, that, that also is a kind of a measuring stick of, um, not only how much you love the sport, but just if you're able to develop kids in the sport, not technically all the time, but right. generating that love for the sport so that they are able to pass that on to others. Um, and I think, you know, they've done a great job with that with various guys, me. And I know Jake Hodges was a guy that, um, that, you know, you can, t if you follow that guy on Twitter, he loves yeah, the sport wrestling, right. So um, he's, he's, he's a coach now and, Taylor, Lujan, you know, he's still competing and he'll probably continue competing. Like he's mentioned before, he'll compete until the wheels fall off. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think the love that they instill in their guys for the sport is, is what truly um, kind of elevates them as coaches. And even not their guys. I mean, they have had such a big impact on me. Um, and I've, I've never been to their facility. I've yeah. only been to a couple camps with them. Um, but just had conversations with them. And those guys yeah. um, have taught me so much about what it really means to have passion for the sport. Um, sometimes I think I have passion for something and then I meet Lee Roper and Cliff Rowell. And I'm like, okay, there's another yeah. level. Yeah. Um, so they are, they're doing a lot for 
the entire wrestling community. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, I think I think those guys mean a lot to a lot of different wrestlers and athletes and coaches. So definitely, um, I agree. It's a it's a great place to start too for you. Um, and it's it's really cool when you can kind of as you're growing in your wrestling, the coaches that you're with are also growing. Yeah. Um, which is like they were learning a lot. They just started. You said Lee was coach still coaching the high school. Yeah, um, I mean Lee was yeah Lee was at Jefferson, and then you know he went into the private sector with Compound. Um, and I don't know how long. I think <clears throat> I think Taylor may have graduated in um, twenty fourteen or 2015 yeah that um, sounds about right from high school so and I think Lee left about the same time so I think that's around like six years he was at compound um and Cliff obviously you know way longer than that yeah yeah um but before that I mean Lee was coaching at the high school level you know he there were you know Jefferson was one of the best programs in Georgia they had some great some great still is pretty good isn't it yeah, they're still pretty good. I, I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't know, like, as far as the team aspect, obviously I know, I know certain aspects, but there's so many classifications in Georgia. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I don't, I, they may have, they may still be on their winning streak that they, they were on some huge, like 17 state championships in a row winning streak. Um, so many. It's, it's, it was ridiculous. Um, and, uh, you know, the teams now, you know, they're, the, you know, the teams that are great now in Georgia, like, like Woodland Cartersville and Woodward, you know, that have kind of that, that top level talent um, and Buford in the past years, you know, they, they've lost some guys last year with, with uh, Bergie and Stonecheck and, uh, and, um, and Derricott. But, you know, these programs now, they're only getting better. Just, it's not like that, you know, some of them, they will have great teams from start to bottom, but it's hard to fill 14 guys that are, you know, all different weight classes that are all studs. Now you kind of see it as like they had, there's this huge star power in Georgia, right? So you've got like guys that are ranked top five, six in their weight class. Um, Whereas like when I was in high school, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of those guys, right? There may be one every other year um, that was ranked that high. You know, I, I know when, when Pete Yates was coming out of high school, when I was really young, I was in eighth grade, and he was like the guy that was like ranked super high. And now you think about that now and there's like a bunch of them, right? There's, there's right. a bunch of guys at that level. And then if um, you start counting in the guys that were in Georgia and then left to a Northern school or something like that, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so many. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like Gabe Arnold, you know? I mean, right. That, Gabe Arnold's another, yeah. He's, he's one that like, it says PA by his name, but really he's a Georgia kid. Um, he's a Georgia kid. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, and I know, I know Chittum, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he is, um, he's from Tennessee, but same way, you know, sometimes right. it'll, say, it'll say New Jersey by his name. You know, that's something that people kind of take and say, ah, oh, you know, he's actually from here right. or whatever. But and hey, even even with guys like Arnold up at SEM, um, Georgia still was like, they were the best state at Super 32 by a yeah, pretty dominant I, margin. Besides, too. I like, think besides Pennsylvania, that? you know, I, I think Pennsylvania had the most uh, like champs and I think they had the most lacers i know i know georgia had the, I most know georgia had the most finalists i think they yeah. had five finalists i think they it did. was uh it was mccrary henson singleton, singleton Pettigrew, and horn and horn yeah 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 so and then you know Pettigrew and horn lost 
And then right. they wrestled those guys at Elite Eight and beat them, which was pretty cool. Again, um, which is, that was awesome. Yeah, they flipped the script on them and, and beat them that time around, which, the, you know, rematch the Super 32 final is pretty cool. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, you know, I, I think that the, the top level talent has never been better in the state, which, um, you know, I have a lot of pride for. And I, I think that's a goal of mine here. <clears throat> I want to keep, you know, athletes in this area. I, you know, I mean, obviously we – we can go and, and recruit guys from Ohio and Pennsylvania and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's guys all over the country that are good, but I don't think the talent in this area in Tennessee and in Georgia has ever been better. And um, I think right. that's gotta be an opportunity for us to, to go out and recruit those guys and, um, and, and really bring in some of the best talent. Um, but, but, you know, like all these guys that I, you know, when I was, when I was back home, I, you know, I, I left UTC for a little while. Um, I, I was, I was at, I, I, I was working with Cliff a little bit at Compound, which was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, and you know, it was it some things didn't work out necessarily. You know, I, I had a full time job doing some finance stuff, so I had some I had some other things going on in my life, and it was kind of a far drive for me to go there. And just some things, you know, um, it, it it didn't last super long. But right. this kind of the experience of me being around those guys was was really awesome. And then kind of when COVID started, everything changed a little. Um, I was working with a kid named Gavin Kane for a while. Who's at, uh, mm -hmm. who's at UNC now. Um, we, we kind of developed a, a, a pretty solid relationship and, and, um, you know, he had a good showing at Super 32 last year. Right. And then, um, you know, I think he won Doc B and he won some other things, you know, he won some pretty big tournaments. Um, and so, uh, you know, he's doing his thing now at UNC and, um, there's some other guys, you know, I've been working with for a little while that, you know, uh, when, when I, I, uh, so there's a club in, in Marietta called level up that I, I wasn't mm -hmm. working for. Yeah. I, I would go and, uh, and, and just volunteer my time. Um, just cause you know, for a couple of reasons, I, you know, honestly, um, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, I, I didn't, I don't care. I didn't really care about making the money or anything like that. And right. not that there's a lot of money in wrestling anyways, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't really care about any of that. It was more so just, I wanted to be around these guys. And, um, you know, Jackson Smith was a kid that was getting big and he was, mm -hmm. he was a big kid. Um, and he, uh, he had committed to Maryland. So he already, he had already committed to, to, to wrestle at Maryland. And, um, one of my best friends, uh, Nick Brissetta, who coaches there, you know, we were just talking like, Hey, you know, want to work with Jackson a little bit just while, you know, while I'm down there, you know, I, we, we didn't live very far from each other. So me and Jackson, you know, he, he, he was in compound at a young age. So I know he was, you know, wrestling with minions and compound when he was really small. So I always knew him, but we didn't know, you know, I was, I was a lot older than he was. So, yeah. um, but we kind of got reintroduced and me and him wrestled a bunch and I just kind of got to know a lot of those level up guys um, at, uh, at at Donovan's place down in Marietta, and man, he's got mm -hmm. some, he's got some really great guys down there. And um, I was able to just kind of you know be around those guys, and um, you know hopefully have a uh, hopefully have a good impact on them. And they had you know the reverse impact on me, like just like I said, I, I had never been around that high level of high school guys. Um, you know, when, when we were in school, we were decent, but we just weren't, we weren't to the level that these guys are, they're getting so good, so young. Um, and it's just crazy to see the the level that, that they're already at and they're not even stepped in a college room yet. So, right. I think, you know, I think that's pretty awesome to see that. And I know that happens, that's happening all over the country, but um, 
it's, it's, it's cool for me to see it, you know, in my home state in Georgia. And then I think it's really cool to see it in the Southeast. You know, I think as, as a, as a, as in, in the Southeast, I think, you know, the, the, the wrestling's growing down here. And so it's really cool to see. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching it and hopefully, you know, some of those guys, you know, we'll see down the road, whatever guys choose to choose to come wrestle here and, um, Mm -hmm. want, you know, want want to be a part of this team, but you know, it's, it's definitely a priority of mine. And it's really cool. You you got a couple of, uh, of my buddies from Memphis uh, on that yeah. on that team over there, Walthall and uh, and Nicholson. Now Dane Dalrymple yeah. just committed, so it's it's cool to see kind of the south southeast area. And because we don't have that many colleges, it's really down to UNC, a couple ACC teams, but yeah. um, and then UT Chat, and so um, it's it's cool to see guys sticking to the southeast there. Um, so yeah, it's it's really exciting to see the growth of wrestling down there. Um, just a lot of excitement, and it's been a lot of work. Guys like Cliff um, putting in that work um, and it's starting to pay off a little bit more and more. Yeah. Um, but let's let's move on into a little bit more your uh, your career. Um, you you ended up at Gardner Webb. What was the process like for that recruiting? Um, what what did it look like? Just walk me through that process. Yeah. So. You know, what I, I, like I said, I, I got started kind of late, so didn't have a ton of credentials coming out of high school, right? I, um, I was a one-time state champ, three-time finalist, but never, I didn't compete at a lot of national level tournaments. Um, you know, we, we would go to the NHSCA when I was younger, we would do the flow nationals, um, mm-hmm. never did Fargo, but just didn't have, I don't feel like now, if I would have started, you know, if I could go back and kind of redo things, I didn't have the exposure that I felt like I needed to have to the high level tournaments and things like that, 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 um, that I really could have excelled. And then, I, like I said, just kind of late getting started. Um, so, you know, I wasn't getting recruited a whole lot. I know I kind of took a, a pipe dream visit to Ohio State. Um, I really liked Coach Ryan. So, um, that was just kind of a, <clears throat> an unofficial visit where I was like, man, this would be a cool place to go to school. And, and, uh, you know, I loved wrestling and they had a great program. So, um, that, you know, them UVA was recruited me a little and, and then just some more schools from the South app state UTC and Gardner Webb. And so Daniel Elliott, who's the head coach there, he, we got to know each other. He, him and him and Roper were, uh, were, were kind of close. So, we got to know each other and we just kind of developed a relationship, um, in high school. And, uh, you know, he, he gave me a decent offer, um, athletically and academically. And I, I mean, I, uh, I just, you know, I, I felt like I'm kind of a loyal guy. So, you know, he had been, he had been on me from the start. So I said, man, I, I, I want to go to school here and, um, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to have an opportunity to start for four years and, um, I didn't know if I could do that at a bigger program. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, uh, <clears throat> it wasn't like a, wasn't like a big decision for me. I just kind of was like, ah, this is what I'll do. You know, I didn't really think about, yeah. the, you know, the, 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 the bigger picture or think about, Hey, it was just kind of like this guy was, was here for me. And, and, uh, he, you know, he saw something in me. And so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and go to school here. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. much to it. Um, and then, like I said, you know, right away, I had some success that first year, which was, you know, I was, made me even more hungry for the future after that. You know, I, I, 
was SoCon champ and qualified that first year and just, um, you know, I got a lot better that year, that, that freshman year, you know, we, we had some older guys that were pushing me. And then we had some guys that I came in with as a freshman that were, uh, that were, that were better than me at the time that, you know, I got a lot better that first year. And, um, it really helped me. I, I think it helped, it helped me and kind of helped some of the guys on our team, you know, when I did have to have that success, they were like, Oh, wow. Like we can do this pretty fast. You know, it's right. not going to take as much you know, we, we put in a lot of work that first year and, um, I, I got a lot better. And then, you know, I had a pretty decent career, you know, my, my, my sophomore year, I redshirted, you know, I wrestled all the time my sophomore year. I think I wrestled in like nine opens. Um, mm-hmm. it was great. You know, I, I was like 35 and like six, my, my, oh my, my redshirt year. Yeah. I wrestled, all the, wrestled all the time. So I, I like, you know, whereas a lot of guys, when they redshirt, man, it's, it's kind of hit and miss. Take right? It off, right. Yeah. Some, you know, and, um, I just couldn't stay away, man. I loved it. And, um, that was my, so that was my sophomore year, the following year, um, first tournament of the season, I, I, I blew my shoulder out. So I was kind of battling mm. that the whole year. Um, how, I ended- how long did that keep you out or was it like an on and off thing? It was kind of on and off. I just decided to compete with it. You know, I, yeah. I probably could have, applied for a medical hardship um because it was so early but um you know I popped it back in and kept going and you know I would wrestle here and there which was kind of a contrast from the year before where I'm wrestling 40 matches a year and then this year you know that year I'm not even wrestling 20 matches um Mm -hmm. and so that was a tough year um for me I um I really struggled with you know kind of that mental aspect of like, man, I, I was, I've kind of prided myself on the guy. I always wanted to be wrestling competing. Um, and I, I hated being hurt and, um, you know, that was, that was a tough year. Um, so I ended up making the conference finals. Um, but didn't, you know, didn't have enough as far as rankings wise or or enough wins RPI wise to, um, to qualify. So I didn't qualify that year. And then the following year, um, was, was probably, um, you know, I had a good year. I, you know, I, I, I was a starter at 184. I'd went up from 74 and I was a starter at 184 the whole year. Um, you know, I was seven and zero in conference duels, you know, I'd beaten everybody in the conference. Um, and, you know, I had some decent wins that year. You know, I'd beaten some pretty good guys. Um, it just, I guess, it, you know, what the way, the way it is for the SOCON, man, if you don't, if you don't go out and get enough good wins um, during the season, you know, it's hard to, to have that, that rank, you know, it's hard to get ranked when you're not, you know, you know, all these Big Ten guys are getting ranked and they're beating up on each other and you have one huge Big Ten win and it, it can, it can propel you. So um, our schedule wasn't great. So I didn't have a lot of uh, opportunities. You know, I, I had a decent scuffle. Um, I'd lost to Matt Miller, who was actually mm-hmm. an All-American yeah. at Navy that year. Right. And then I'd lost to Nolan Boyd, um, who was an All-American that year as well. Um, and had some good, Boyd you know, go? Do what? Where did where was Boyd? He was at Oklahoma State. He was at Oklahoma State. That's yeah. yeah. I remember. Um, that. I had some good. You know, I had some good. I beat Mock. I beat Machiavello twice that year, which you know I know looking back is even better of a win now. Right. But, yeah. Um. You know, I'd beat I'd beaten him at the Wolfpack Open, and then had uh 
had beaten him at scuffle, but he was red shirting. So really that those wins don't even like for RPI purposes, like don't even count. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just, just didn't, just didn't have a great conference tournament. And, you know, my season ended a little bit earlier than I expected. And um, that, that summer, Cody Walters, who, um, who was, uh, he had just finished his career at Ohio. He's two-time All-American at Ohio. He came in for my senior year and now Cody was the big help. Um, he, he kind of propelled me my senior year. I had a, I had a, you know, I had a great senior year. I think that was kind of like the year it all kind of, I was fully hundred percent healthy. Um, you know, was totally rejuvenated as far as, um, my training and everything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a pretty good year. I think I was like, I, I can't remember exact. I, I want to say I was like 25 and nine maybe to end the year. And I went two and two at nationals. Um, you know, not, not quite the goal that I'd set out for, but you know, I, I, I left it all on the map, man. I competed pretty hard. I just, you know, some of that high-level talent, I don't know if I could break through some, you know, and beat some of those guys. You know, I'd, I'd beaten some of the best, but, um, you know, it would have taken a really good – it would have taken a really, really good run and a really good draw for me to, you know, get on the stand. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was a great year, but I think more so than, every, more so than anything, um, I was kind of grateful, you know, for the – relationships I had built within the conference. I know I had wrestled with Bryce Carr a lot. He actually, he beat me every single time. Um, he's actually from Georgia, which was kind of like even more of a pain that uh, this guy was beating up on me. And um, that guy's awesome, man. He was so good at UTC. And um, I know he, he was, a he was in the blood round the next year when I was coaching, um, which was tough. Lost to Max Dean in the blood round, which still mm-hmm. keeps me up at night sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, the battles I had with him is I kind of think what had brought me to UTC, um, which, you know, even though at the time I look back, I look at it and I'm saying, man, this was a guy that was a rival and somebody that I really, really wanted to beat. And I trained to beat that guy. And I think probably kept me from having a high seed at the national tournament. Um, because I had lost to him three times. Um, so I think that kind of hurt, hurt me seating wise. Um, I look back and I think, man, like that having those, those matches with that guy is probably what, you know, coach Esslinger realized, Hey, this guy could help Bryce get on the stand and get on the podium and what brought me to UTC. So at the time it was kind of like this, Oh man, he's my rival. He's this guy that I, that I, you know, want to beat and, um, kind of, you know, I trained to beat, and then it's like the next year I'm, I'm trying to help him be an all American. So, um, right. it's pretty crazy how it kind of comes full circle like that. And Bryce is a great mm-hmm. guy. We have a great relationship. Um, I think he's back down coaching with his dad in Georgia. Um, yeah. but, um, it was, you know, it, it, it wasn't, um, definitely wasn't a, uh, you know, super bright career, um, started, started out great. And I had some bumps in the road and, and I think I had a pretty decent ending, obviously, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I missed some opportunities to, to really achieve my goals, but, you know, I, I laid it all out there and I, I would do it again in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity. And, you know, I think, I think that's what everybody, you know, all these guys were getting these extra years of eligibility with, with COVID. And I know it's a pain, you know, it's, it sucks. It's, it's, it's nothing that, anybody uh that anybody enjoys but at the same time it's like 
man, I would have, uh, I would have done a lot for an extra year of eligibility. Um, you know, I think everybody gets to that point and once they're done, they're like, they look back and they're like, wow, like that went by so fast and I would take a year extra year of eligibility, you know, like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. So say, say you got an extra year, you get to go back and change it. This is coming from a, a current wrestler who's trying to achieve a lot at really high goals. What are yeah. some things you change? What's some advice you have for, for younger kids like me? Yeah. Yeah. So some things I would change, you know, I think I trained hard, right? I think I, I, I think everybody, it's almost a prerequisite, right? If you, if you want to be good at the division one level, you have to train pretty hard. Um, I just, I don't think that, um, I don't think I had enough of a sense of urgency from the very beginning of realizing how fast it was going to go by. Um, you know, after my freshman year, I was kind of like, oh, well, I've got a redshirt year and three years of eligibility. And, you know, I was like, I've got all the time in the world, really. Um, and one year of an injury kind of, you know, set me back a little bit of all these goals that I wanted to achieve of being a four-time SOCON champ and being an All-American and all these things that I wanted to achieve. And um, I think I didn't have enough sense of an urgency, but also at the same time, I think I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I, and I think I did a decent job of this, but I didn't take enough ownership of, of understanding the flaws I had in my wrestling. Um, I think that I kind of focused on a lot of the things that I was good at and getting better in the areas that I was good. Um, and I don't think I focused nearly enough on the deficient areas. Um, and I think that now that I've able to, I've, I've, I've been able to kind of step back and see the areas that I haven't been nearly as, as, as successful at, mm -hmm. I've actually developed a lot better, right? Because as a coach, you got to have a lot of those things, even, you know, not, maybe not you wrestling live that, you know, you have to be amazing at them, but yeah. to be able to show, you know, to show an athlete the areas they, they need to be successful in, you have to look inward and see the areas you're deficient at. And I think for me, it was, um, you know, I relied a lot on, on my ability to, to scramble and get, get out and cause flurries and get out of, you know, put guys in weird positions. And, um, I think a lot of that came from the base that I had developed in high school, as far as, man, I, we, we went over a lot of scrambling stuff and, um, we were really good at passing legs and going far ankle. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was the, the baseline stuff that I think that I was missing. Um, and I've gotten a lot better at as a coach that has only helped me with the scrambling stuff. Um, my, my baseline was kind of something that technically, if I'm looking back, I think an area I could have got a lot better at, and I just didn't focus on it because I thought I was so good at being able to scramble and, and create flurries and all these other things. Um, and then lastly, I think if, if we're just speaking more technically, like I didn't, I wasn't nearly good enough at, at getting the legs that I needed to be. Um, you know, I had a couple of leg attacks, but I just, and I don't know if this was maybe something that I just never really was going to be able to be dynamic enough to get to a legs a lot of times. Um, that's why I was pretty decent at finishing just cause I never got to a leg. So like when I did, I was going to finish. Um, right. But I think that that was something that, you know, I, 
I just kind of, I, 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 I didn't necessarily, um, see it as an issue. I just was like, Oh man, you know, I, I can, I can get to a leg one or two times a match. And I, I know that if I get there, I'm going to finish. But I think I, it was, uh, um, it was one of those things that I needed to get a lot better at in college and, and really to take time. And, you know, it, you work on a single leg and you're like, Oh, I've got, you know, Oh, I, you know, Oh, I, that's me working on a single leg, but, or you work on a high crotch, but you're not, it takes so long to develop a leg attack to me. It, does. it really um, does. It, it takes so long to be able to develop a leg attack that you can hit in a live situation. Um, and for me, I never really understood that. Like I was like, Oh, like I'm just drilling high crotches and I'm drilling mm -hmm. single legs. Um, but then I would get in a match and I really wouldn't, I would kind of go back to the leg attacks that I had, you know, I'm drilling these right. high crotches and these singles and I'm like, man, I'm never hitting that single leg that I drill every day. Mm -hmm. I drill it every yeah, single day that. and I'm never hitting it. But it's because I just, I never, I never did it in when I would spar. I never did it when I went live. Um, it was just kind of like this drill thing that was just a part of these daily drills that I never really did. And um, I think to really develop a leg attack, it takes a lot of individual work. It takes a lot of time of you changing your muscle memory and, and trying to understand, Hey, this is like, this takes, this takes a lot, a lot of development and work to be able to have a solid one, two, three, four leg attack. Right. Um, you know, that was, that was an area that I really struggled at. So I would say my baseline tech, if we're speaking technically, my baseline was an area I, I didn't understand until I got out of college. And then also being able to get the legs was another thing. Um, and then I would, I would probably say just my sense of urgency with realizing how fast the career ends, right? For sure. Like, especially at the collegiate level. I know, you know, now there's a lot of opportunities at when guys are done um, collegiately to wrestle at the senior level. But, um, you know, I didn't have those aspirations. I, I was focused on college and um, I, um, I knew I wanted to be a coach in some capacity. I didn't know it would be at the division one level or in college, but um, now that I'm here, you know, I realize this is what I'm meant to do. And, I'm, you know, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at it. So, um, but it's also some of the, some of the areas that I've struggled at when I was an athlete has really helped me develop as a coach. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of grateful in the long run of not, of not knowing some of those things because it's, it's mm -hmm. brought to light um, the, I guess the, um, the importance of those things for me. So, um, you know, as a coach, I, I think it'll only make me better. And it's really cool how we can have that balance of where something you fall short in one area, it only makes you better in the other area. It's really yeah. cool how life works that way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think that like the same, the same contrast with my relationship with Bryce, you know, I saw him as a rival and then as like, I see him as like this, you know, I look back and I think, wow, that relationship and me having those battles is probably what has helped me end up back at UTC, which is, which is crazy that, that, right. that something like that can come full circle. And I think that's kind of how wrestling is. You know, you, you realize some areas you're deficient at and it may not click right away, but um, it may, it may in the long run help you when you need it the most. And I think now is when I need it the most so I can help my athletes get, get better. So um, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's going to eventually, 
rear its head and, um, and, and help me when I need it the most, which is, um, maybe, maybe it wasn't when I was an athlete, maybe it was when I was a coach, um, that, that I'm going to need those things. So, um, for sure. me, me being able to use it to develop instead of me having it when I was an athlete. So I, I, I think that's pretty cool. That is, that is really, really awesome. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome to know that even when I, fall short in any area there's always going to be an upside to that and um yeah it's good to be able to and and then you can get better from it and I got a lot of time for that um too if if I'm not really good at something I got a lot of time before I have to think about coaching too so yeah um I feel really blessed that I I can understand that and be in that position but um I I want to move forward a little bit into into your time at Chattanooga some of your goals that you have for being there um and and do you think this is a long-term thing yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is for sure a long-term thing. I, I, you know, I obviously, you know, college wrestling right now is, is in a frenzy with COVID and, and, you know, a lot of things going on. Um, we don't know what the season will look like, but as far as, you know, if, if slash when things go back to normal, man, this is, this is what I enjoy doing. Um, I love, you know, I love being a college wrestling coach. Um, but, I, I think I think I'll end up doing this for a long time. Um, hopefully, you know, if if uh, if I have the opportunities and you know if my body stays <laughs> stays intact. So, um, but as far as my goals, man, I think you know I, I I think a big thing for for us right now is is just recruiting. You know, we've we uh, we we've got to get some some really good talent in here, and um, you know we have we have great guys on the team. Um, guys that um, I think for us kind of embody what we want is just that hard work and um, just that blue collar mentality that I think that I think we look for in athletes and I think a lot of coaches say that but um, you know like a guy you talk about like Drew Nicholson man he totally embodies what we look for in an athlete as far as um, you know he probably wasn't a, a top recruit coming out you know he wasn't getting recruited by a lot of programs but that is one of the hardest working guys I've ever been around. Um, and if you know, Drew, you know, that to be true. Um, he, um, man, that guy works so hard. And, um, I think that, you know, he, he is, he is an example of a guy that could, you know, he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a polished, a polished guy coming out of high school that just takes a little bit of development to get him to the next level. You know, he takes some work. And he would say the same thing. Um, I, I mean, I think he would say the same thing. You know, he needed a lot of development. I think he would too, um, yeah. Which is awesome. I think that those um, – I think, I think that that's, you know, that's really, um, that's really awesome to see. I was kind of a similar guy. I think for me, I'm, I'm a little similar to Drew, um, whereas I think I needed a lot of development right when I got to college. Um, and I needed a lot of training and understanding of, like, that level of training – um, to really get to that next level. Um, but you know, like I mentioned, man, there's guys coming out of high school. Now they're already at that level and they're, they can college guys right Right. away. So it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of in that weird area. You know, I, I heard, uh, Mike McMullen on, uh, Ryan Warner's podcast. He was talking about, he was talking about Mm -hmm. taking a four to a four to a nine, you know, a guy that's a four out of 10 and taking him to a nine, or taking him to a 10 or, or, or to an eight, he says, you know, that's why recruiting is so important. You know, you take a guy that's a, a seven or an eight and take him to a nine. It doesn't take that much development. 
Um, but taking a guy from a four to an eight, it takes a lot of development, and he still might not get to that point where that eight is already at when he comes out of high school. Um, so I think that that's why that's why recruiting is so is so huge. We've got to go out and we've got to get the guys um, that are that are already already good at wrestling, right? They've got a lot of the base skills that um, that are that are there um, from the you know from from when they're in high school. And, and I think we have to do it locally, right? I, I, I talk about that a lot. I think that, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of talent in this area. Um, you can go, mm -hmm. you can go really look is. at the big boards, man. There's talent. Um, there's talent. Hold on. I'll get I'll get Okay. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talent in this area, and we have to uh, – let me see something. You're all good. All right. So, you know, there's a lot of talent in this area. And you can go look at the big boards, man. There's guys from Georgia, Tennessee, all over right. in the surrounding areas, Alabama. Um, and they're good at wrestling, man. And we've got to go get those guys. And, and we've um, – I think that's a big goal for us is trying to recruit the best guys and keep them, keep them down in this area. And, and what an awesome place to do it, man. I'm telling you what, Chattanooga is such a cool place and such a cool – It town. is. It um, really it's is. It's not like we're trying to convince somebody to go live in some, you know, some small town and just, you know, tough it out for five years. Like, you have an awesome scenery – awesome <clears throat> Oklahoma State <clears throat> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying man I, I understand mean, the, yeah the thing, with the, the, the thing Oklahoma State has is that long storied history right? right so you know although they may lack that hey they have this really cool town they have this history that is unmatched it's unparalleled right. to any other program I mean they have they have the history that that you want in a program so um you know, I think that for us, it's such a cool town. We're able to offer all these things. And Chattanooga is a really cool place to live when you're done wrestling, right? If you, it is, if yeah. you don't have those aspirations to wrestle um, post-grad, or maybe you, you know, you don't want to necessarily be a coach. You just want to wrestle in college, man. I'm telling you what, there's some great business opportunities in there Chattanooga. There really are, yeah. We have great alumni um, that, that, you know, want our guys, you know, they want to hire wrestlers. And I think for us, that's, that's really cool is building that pipeline. But I think it, it totally starts with, um, you know, making sure that we are getting the best guys in this area. And um, I'm, I'm super passionate about that. And that's a huge goal of mine is mm -hmm. to, to really sign some recruits and get some big commitments from, this, from guys in this area. Um, and then it's developing them. You know, I, I do think obviously development is, is, is really important. Um, I would say that's kind of a, a stronger area of where we are as a staff with, with coach, coach Kyle Rochelle and coach TJ Rochelle and, and myself, um, you know, in the room, that's just kind of where I've, you know, where I, I've, I've grown up seeing coach Fretwell and coach Roper and, and being able to take some of the lessons that they've taught me. And I think I'm good. I'm, I'm not saying that I can't get better. I can obviously get better at developing and being a coach in the room, but I think sure. where we have to excel is, is on the recruiting uh, path and, and making sure we're getting the, the best guys from this area in there and then making sure that we're developing them in our system. Um, and, you know, making sure they're the type of kids that they want to do what we preach when they're in the room. 
um, mm -hmm. and, and when they're outside of the room. So for me, that's my huge goal. Like, you know, I, I want, I, I just want to, I want to get all the best guys around here and, and, and keep them here. And um, I think, I think it's pretty cool. You know, I, I watched the, the minion legends at elite eight and mm -hmm. it was awesome to watch them beat team Kong, which was a team made up of all stars. Right. And the team that we had was made up of all guys from the South. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in my head, I envision, I envision a team of guys, not, not all guys from the South. Right. Like obviously we're going to go get the best kids, no matter where they're from, if they want to be. Right. But, for sure. um, but for us, I, or for me, I envision like, Hey, we're, you know, we're located in the South. If we go get guys from the South and then we're able to compete against, against the best teams in the country, I kind of envision that in my head and I know it'll take time to, to get those guys and develop them and get them in here um, mm -hmm. and get that momentum rolling. But when I saw that, the kind of sense of like, wow, it can be done at the high school level. Well, it can also be done at the college level. It for sure I can. I really yeah. do think it can be done. It's just a matter of getting them and keeping them here um, is going to be a huge aspect. So, you know, um, I think that's probably me as a coach. That's, that's my number one goal is, is when I got here is, is, is what I wanted to do. Um, and then, you know, obviously I, I, I think we, we can compete for a comp, a SOCON title as a team every single year. Absolutely. Um, and then I want us to be a top 20 program in the next few years. You know, I think we can, we can get there. I just think it's about getting the talent and developing it. And then all the other aspects that go into it as far as, fundraising and, and building up our RTC and, and some of those things that we've already started to do, um, you know, kind of starting the RTC off a couple of years ago and, mm -hmm. um, you know, making sure that we're constantly trying to improve, whether it's our facilities, whether it's our, our, you know, our administration helping us, whether, you know, it's us getting to where we're at, you know, five, 5.7 scholarships to where we're getting to towards that nine, nine, you know, always improving, so that we're constantly able to bring in the best guys and bring in the best. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's a huge goal of mine right now. And you're in a, you're in a pretty good place for that. Like within an hour, you've got Macaulay and Baylor and then Cleveland high schools there. And there's yeah, so many really good places. It's right crazy. There. Like Chattanooga, I'll tell you, you speak, like you go out in Chattanooga and like somebody knows something about wrestling. It's crazy. Right. You know, you don't think you about don't find that in the South. No, you don't. And it's crazy. Like, somebody you'll run into somebody, you know, I, I went, you know, I, I went to eat uh, on Sunday and ran into two guys that like were previously involved with the program. Right. And it's just yeah. like, you don't, you don't see, you just don't see that very much, um, especially in the South. And yeah. um, it's, it's at the college level, but also at the high school level with Baylor, Macaulay, Cleveland. I mean, all these teams are, are really great teams. Um, and they've then you got a bunch of clubs in Knoxville, which is only what two hours away from you guys. Yeah, Knoxville's, yeah it's not far for, far at all. And then you start getting um, into Georgia, like you've got a lot of yeah different places that are so talented, so good. Um, and if you like, if you can start building that pipeline, you can kind of get that thing where like you never see an Oklahoma kid commit anywhere but Oklahoma State, pretty much. Exactly. With, with very few exceptions. 
Yeah, um, and, and that's the goal, right? I think like they've able they they have been able to put a I mean they have a wall around that border in Oklahoma. Like they really do. Nobody nobody from Oklahoma goes anywhere besides Okie State or Oklahoma. Right. right. And I think that's a testament to them being able to just keep keep a border around it. And then they're still able to go get the the best guys from other places. Blair, right? they've got a tight pipeline to Blair, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're able to go and get the best guys from other places. So I think we've got to put that border around Tennessee and Georgia first, you know, and even mm-hmm. Alabama. Listen, there's some there's some studs coming out of Alabama. Really are. Well. Corey, Corey um, Land's a, a, a real stud from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you look at some of the guys that have come out the past the past few years, um, and I think that has got to be the first goal is making sure we're we're protecting these borders, and then it's hey, once we start steamrolling and getting some of you know getting that momentum, then we can go out and pluck from other places. But it's got to start with putting the border around um, and getting the best guys here first, um, and. And not to mention, they're, they're, they're just as good as the other guys. I mean, they really right. are. You look at the big boards. You look at the, the results from high school tournaments. There's, there's not really big – there's not much of a talent, dis, you know, disparity or discrepancy between those. It's just mm-hmm. the depth part, right? So, I think you yeah. look at PA, and they're, they're loaded with a lot more depth, whereas we have the high-level talent. It's just a matter of being able to keep them and, and uh, you know, have them come and, and live in this awesome city. For sure. Well, uh, it was an honor having you on. Uh, hey, you have anything you'd like to finish with? Uh, we covered a lot, and I think it was, a, it was a great episode. I appreciate you taking the time. No, it was a pleasure, Sam. I appreciate you bringing me on. You know, I, uh, you know, just kind of getting settled back in here. So, I, you know, I'm trying to, trying to just talk wrestling, man. I love it, and yeah. I, I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Um, and uh, good luck, you know, this season and training and everything. I think I was looking on your Twitter. You were you were scrapping this morning. So um, yep, that's it. That's that's awesome, dude. Um, but keep keep everything up. Um, and, uh, heck, may, maybe one day, maybe one day you'll you'll uh, you'll consider coming back down to Tennessee. So we'll see. Maybe, yep. <laughs> um, we had a long way out from that, but definitely won't be uh, won't be out of the question. So, yeah, buddy. Well. Um, um, Good luck with everything, and I, I appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on. Right back at you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thanks.